You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Talking League, your weekly NRL fantasy podcast. You join us for the Round 23 live Q&A. My name is Jason. I'll be your host. Of course, Talking League is proudly brought to you by Game Day Squad. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy. Be the coach and win. Download the app and play now. And, of course, we're also brought to you by James, Australia's first AI investing application for shares and ETF. Learn more at jamesapp.com. I'm joined by Jake and Rich for this live Q&A. We'll get through all your questions in the next hour or so. Uh, we'll get the boys involved now. Starting with you, Rich. Obviously, Warriors coming off the bye. You had a great week in fantasy this week. Are you looking forward to this uh, upcoming week of footy? Oh, I'm just buzzing. I've just had six weeks off the booze, six weeks off carbs, six weeks off sugar, and I just started back today. And life is just like seeing... I'm seeing it in four-dimensional tonight, I reckon. Just <laughs> loving life. And as I say, I had a great week fantasy-wise. Uh, got my best score... Uh, not my best goal, but my best rank of the season into the 600, 635. Um, so, yeah, and the Warriors are back this week. So it is happy days, yeah. Happy days indeed. And someone who probably didn't have as much happy days on Sunday was Jake. Now, are the Cowboys going to bounce back this week? And uh, I think you've got a bit of head-to-head action happening with some of your cash leagues. Am I right in hearing? Yeah, hopefully hopefully the Cowboys uh, bounce back next week. It was a pretty awful loss against the Titans. Not as bad as my week, though, in fantasy. I got absolutely KO'd this week. So uh, my my overall rank took an absolute hit. I'm at 5,300. So I lost like 1,100 ranks. It's, it's absolutely awful. Like Pretty much my entire team did terribly but i still got five trades left and i'm in a bunch of head-to-head finals cash legs so officially a head-to-head player now probably so um but yeah looking forward to the rest of the season is it true riley thinks he's a chance of catching you now i don't think so. he's anywhere close so i'm i'm pretty far behind but yeah riley's <laughs> riley's a bit further than me <laughs> A bit of a look behind the curtains in the group chat. Rich was saying that I was more chance of being caught by Riley than TK. TK is 175 points in front of me, and I've got, I think, like maybe one or two trades on him. So he's hoping. Uh, but, boys, we'll do a quick vibe check before we get into the questions. Um, now, Rich, I believe you may be using your last trade this week. Yeah, I'm actually, I was in a world of pain uh, when all the suspensions and injuries came about this week. Lemuelli just killed me, um, and I am still hearing late rumours that he could be out this week, and if he is, I'm in uh, Cakeland because one trade left, but I I don't have Harry Grant, and if the wee man is listening tonight who I'm playing in my big head-to-head semi-final this week, I will not be getting Harry Grant. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to use my last trade, and I'm going to get the Manly Hooker Croker. So it's going to be my last trade because I've also got um, Reese Robson, who was going good until he got smacked in the mouth accidentally. <laughs> so I'm going to need a hooker for when he's out. And, yeah, if Lemuelli's out, I'm short a player, although I do have Kapoa who could add a push, maybe get 15. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in the weeds this week. So, yeah, 600 will hopefully keep me just inside the top 1,000 this week. If I can hold that, up. it's a good week, and then I should be okay for the rest of the season because I've got a couple of players on buys as well this week. Beautiful. And what about you, Jake? I think you're going to be using more than one trade this week. From what I yeah, I'm going to be using three of them. So using most of my trades up because I'll still have two in the bank, but I'm going to be doing cashing out Brennan Hands. I'm uh, going to use... Nick Kotrick as a cash out, 220k starting on the wing this week. So hopefully can score a 20 or 30 and just be a little bit of a 20th, 21st man for me. Um, Jack DeBellin's also gone for me. Pretty, probably going to be the most popular trade of the week uh, to Nathan Cleary, JDB to Nathan Cleary. So locking that one in and also doing one more trade. So I'm in a, one of my head-to-head finals this week. So 
Uh, I've got Jack Preston in my team, so I'm going to be using a luxury trade to trade him out, and I'll be getting in Cam McInnes, who had an absolute blinder last week. He did, and I think he'll be another player that we'll talk about quite a fair bit tonight. But uh, yeah, a bit of an update on my squad because obviously I was a late out last week when the I went and watched the Matildas lose to Nigeria. But um, thankfully, we absolutely demolished Canada on Monday. But uh, I slid 75 ranks from 874 to 945 last week, despite using four trades. I brought in Cleary, Frizzell, Murray, and Dan Russell. But unfortunately, I traded out the pair pair of Matto and Hopgood, who obviously both went off like a frog in a sock. But I think with that trade, I think it'll age quite well as we go later into the season, as coaches start to run out of trades, and they hit round 27, knowing that they're going to have, say, one or two, maybe even three para plays that they can't trade out plus any other player that gets potentially rested towards the end of the season. So I've got three trades. I'm going to hold this week. Reason being, I've got 19 green dots, and my two red dots are my weakest players, really, in Tommy Talau and... Jeez, who else is missing from this? Oh, yeah, Brendan Hands, who, uh, again, another player we'll probably talk a fair bit about uh, tonight. But uh, we'll rip into the questions now. And starting to flow through, of course, jump into the comment section on the live, or, of course... If you can't jump on a live, just hit us up in the DMs if you've got any trade questions uh, leading up throughout the round. And we'll start with the latest star from Talking League to visit NRL.com in Brenton Vickery, who, of course, had a nice Q&A with current number one, Nigel, this week as well. If you haven't checked that out already, do so. He wants to know, boys, who averages more out of Dave Fafita and Isaiah Yo, and are either worth two trades to get? And uh, we'll probably go around the grounds with this one. But starting with you, Rich, who do you think is the best bet out of these two? And in Brenton's case, up at the top of the ladder, is it worth making two trades to chase uh, either of these players? I don't think it's ever worth two trades at this time of the season. Um, I know he's got a couple of average players at the bottom, so he doesn't want to add an extra lazy player at the bottom. So he doesn't really need to get a Kotrick into his team. His team's pretty stacked, um, so two trades isn't worth it. If I'm picking one out of those, I'm going for Fita just because... He definitely has a high ceiling. And I've really been impressed by David Fafita. It's like he's that 15-year-old kid playing under 11s. And this year he's gone, yeah, I know I'm the 15-year-old kid and I'm going to show you I'm the 15-year-old kid and I'm going to dominate you. And he's really brought his A game, which has been good to see. It's just been a shame I haven't owned him. Um, And I just think he's got a high ceiling and, yeah, Yo is that potential resting in that final round, which would just sink you if you had him. Yeah, what about for you, Jake? Does the fact that Fafita's not played 80 the last couple of weeks concern you and lean you towards Yo, or would you still go for that high-ceiling uh, fun factor in Fafita? Uh, I think I would still go for Fafita. He's also 20k ch- uh, cheaper than Yo as well, so I don't mind him at all. I don't think the lower minutes hurts him. Like, I think if he gets around that 70-minute mark, he actually sort of improves his output a little bit because we saw last week he played the first 60-odd straight, came off for a break, then came up the end and just, you know, racked up points really quickly, a lot of junk points. So I think as long as he's playing those last 10 minutes of the game where, you know, the Titans are probably going to be behind in some games or, you know, Put, trying to put on more points in the games they're winning. I, I think he's really good for some junk points. So I, I don't think it really matters. If you see his minutes drop down to, say, 50 or something, if he gets worn out, that's when you sell. But I think at the moment, playing 60, 70 minutes plus, I think he's definitely an, an absolute lead keeper at that edge position. Sorry, Rich, you had something to add there? Uh, nothing to do with that. I think it's been well covered. Just a little personal question I need to request from the listeners if anyone's got a thought for me. I'm out in uh, Christchurch tomorrow night for dinner and we're going to watch the Warriors afterwards, so I just need a bar recommendation. <laughs> so if anyone's got one, just please chuck it in the comments because, uh, yeah, I've got a couple of lads. We're going into town in Christchurch and need to know the appropriate place. But I hate it when you go to the wrong sort of bar and you're in the mm. corner and you don't have the sound and the vibe's not there. So if someone's got a good vibey bar that would have the Warriors and it would be rocking, we will be there. Beautiful. Get him into the comments, guys, or even the DMs. Um, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll pass on that information to Rich. Yeah, in terms of Fafita, obviously I need to do the Eddie Burden disclosure. I do have him in my draft team. But I just think, touching on with what you said there before, Rich, obviously he's been much more physical this year, but I think his game IQ's been even higher this year. You look at some of the tri-assists he's done this year where he's looked at it and gone, sweet, the centre's come in on me to try and do a two-on-one tackle. I'll just pass it nice and early to my winger and they'll score. And there's probably been at least, what, maybe four of 
Cam Pereira's tries this year, who's set a Titans try scoring record already, have been from Fafita just going, oh, sweet, my man on the outside's got space, I'll just pass him the ball. Uh, or even going into a tackle, shaping his arm, ready for the offload, knowing he's going to have two people come in the tackle and create an offload back uh, on the outside or the inside. I think he's been really good. And yeah, like like we've said before, with the Penrith players, you probably don't want too many of them. Like Yo's going to you know, get you probably, what, 60 rest of the season. But feet is a bit more fine. He might have a couple of tons in there. And that's, uh, you know, chase the rainbow a bit, I reckon. All right, we'll jump into our... Next question here from Kieran Patoli. I'll come to you for this one, Rich. He goes, hey, I've got two trade options. He's trading out at DeBellin and Hans, which I think we're on board with. Uh, first one is Fafita and Cheese, or Appy. He's leaning towards Cheese out of those two. Or bring in Wade Egan and McInnes. Now, Rich, which way would you lean on these? Would you go for the guns or the two sort of close to middling players? No, I actually love the spicy last one, Egan and McInnes. Like... Egan's playing for the Warriors. He's been starting to snipe out a dummy half. They're going to have a lot of attacking upside. That's where Egan gets his uh, high scores in those attacking games. And McInnes. Oh, the love I have for McInnes. What a man. I brought him in last week. and (laughs) He was a freak, man. Like, that tackling performance. And he looked like a Bond villain by the end of the bit. Just (laughs) missing two, blood coming out. And he was just a machine, so I am all over that. But if you want to play it safe and go for feeder and cheese or Uppy, I'm I'm probably on the cheese train. I just think he's um, getting those minutes, and yeah, he, when he gets minutes, he's making those opportunities. He's missed enough games that he really is putting in. So um, yeah, but I, I'd definitely slice up a bit of uh, Egan or Edom. Not have Eden and McKinnon, <laughs> and uh, Peter. Uh, yeah, very, very nicely done there. Now with Wade, with Wigan, with Wade Egan, I think some might accuse him, particularly at the start of the season, the first four games where he scored a try. But same with AFB. I think on a team like the Warriors, they are going to get opportunities to score tries or try assists on. Like the way the Warriors are playing, they're just punching through the middle, and with both SJ and Metcalf being threats. It's going to be a little bit less attention on Egan when he scoots out a dummy half, and he's got great deception to him. Like, I wouldn't go as far as Shooter to say he's a top-five hooker, but he's very much capable of a couple of big scores on the run home. Uh, I think you'd struggle to name five better hookers than Wade Egan, and and if we're talking form, there's no way. He's he's easily in the top five. Who who would you name? Come on. I'll put you on the spot then. Uh, On form or just in terms of ability? No, it has to be form because, yeah. Yeah, because in, to- in, in terms of form, yeah, for sure, because I'd say he's in better form than Damien Cook is, but I would say Damien Cook is a better hooker. Okay, so let's go hook, Grant. So so, so Grant, Grant will be the best. Yeah. I I know he doesn't play nine. So, so again, if we're looking on form, you've got... Uh, you've got... Um, Lachlan Croker as well on form. If you get, yeah, on, on, on form, he's probably the hottest... hottest yeah. Uh, hottest property. Um, yeah, yeah, Marshall like- King... But, yeah, he's, he's just, definitely just, in the conversation, yeah. Yeah, I think you've got to look at how they run the team. And yeah. if you look at the way he, Egan sets up the Warriors, I think, like, traditionally how we want to see our hookers play doesn't necessarily, like, if you plug them into a different setup, Egan might not perform the role that's needed. But for the Warriors, he is just, yeah, spot on. It's It suits our model, and it's great. And, yeah, uh, sometimes difficult conversations to say, and it doesn't really matter if he's top five. As far as I'm concerned, other than Harry Grant, I wouldn't replace him with anyone. Yeah, and I think that's that's the main thing there. And, again, another one of that Penrith diaspora. And the thing I love about Wade Egan is he came through the grades, to my understanding, I don't watch a lot of junior rugby league, but he was came through as a really fast player. Like, that was his main... Headline thing was he's really fast and will score lots of tries, like sort of in the Damien Cook beach, beach sprinter style, but so much more like his deceptions as good as Appy's these days, which is uh, very impressive. Now, speaking of the Warriors, Dane Fatiri has jumped into the comments to say Warriors to rock the Titans. Well, yeah, I'd say probably will be because it'll probably be the only sale that the Titans get this year because whenever the Warriors play on the Gold Coast, the place is just packed full of Warriors fans. And 
you know, being at the uh, nation's capital of New Zealand, Surfers Paradise, I'm pretty sure it'll be packed out there tomorrow at six o'clock, and obviously everyone back back in Aotearoa, not eight o'clock prime time. You know, I imagine the TV audience for that will be uh, pretty solid. We are the Titan Daddies too, so I think if you look at the record, we've won fifteen, uh, twelve of the last fifteen, or something ridiculous. So. Although I will point out last year, Tanner Boy did sink you with a field goal. I think it was like the second last round in a game where you had him absolutely done for pieces for 75 minutes and then you, you fell apart. So fingers crossed Warriors fans, that doesn't happen again to you. But, you know, just just be careful with those fears levels that they don't get too high. Right, yeah, we probably should have answered more questions. Benjamin <laughs> Coe's got a nice question here, um, talking about uh, a fan favourite. Corey Horstra, he goes, uh, Holster Cleary, not sure I can trust Sticky Ricky. I've got a bunch of mid-cover already, Jake. Now, is this something that you would get on board with in terms of a stepladder to Nathan Cleary? Yeah, I think it's definitely a luxury trade. Like, it is a good trade because you are getting those, you know, 15 points of value. Um, Horse had a pretty much a shocker last week, but I don't think that's going to continue. He's been really good all season, Horse, and I, I think he's going to continue to play big minutes and score really well. So I think he's definitely a keeper. Um, if if you if you got the money just sitting there and you still have a few more trades left for injuries, I wouldn't be opposed to doing this because you're going to get yeah, as I said, those extra points per week and also those extra points per week as a captain as well. So I actually really like this one, but if you only have one trade left, for example. Um, I'd probably be saving it for, you know, a rainy day instead of, yeah, using that luxury trade. Yeah, fair shot. With that, Jake, what would be the limited amount of trades that you'd... Like, what's the minimum amount of trades you'd have to have in order to pursue Cleary this week and say you had to use two to get him? Yeah, to use two to get him, I'd probably probably around that four mark, I'd say, is probably the best. If you Like, obviously, if you only have one trade left and you have all that money sitting there in the bank, um, it's pretty much a no-brainer. But if, as you said, using two trades... You know, there's one more injury you can't cover throughout the year. So I'd definitely around that four mark. Anything less than three, I don't think I would be doing that trade at all. Yeah, beautiful. Question here from Adam Hughes. Is Lemuelu playing this weekend or will be late out? I'll step out of Dobby Half on this one and say we haven't heard anything yet. All I will say is we've had not, not had any confirmation yet from the Dolphins to indicate that he will play. So something you just need to monitor. Again, if you're looking to make multiple trades, just be careful how you structure those. And don't VCC any players that aren't clear that you're trading in this week in case you need to reverse your trades later to, to reconfigure them. Robbie Wilson has got a great question here. He goes, hey, lads, who do you think is the best trade-in for Jack DeBellin? Is it Cam McInnes or Isaiah Yo? Cheers, lads. Up the West Tigers. Yes, up the West Tigers, Robbie. Uh, I'm sure Jake can attest to. We want to see the Raiders get beat this week, and the Tigers could do us a solid. That would be brilliant. <laughs> now, Rich, with this one, do you go your man? Uh to save a little bit of cash, or would you just go for that consistent lock it in 60 a week go? No, I'm probably happy with Cameron McInnes. I think he's going to average 60 coming home. You know, if he makes 30 less tackles, he still scores 55 this week. So uh, it's kind of ridiculous. But And I, I'm very concerned with a player like Yo, who's had a heavy workload all season. And that last game of the round, Panthers are four points clear, nothing to play for. You know, at best, he plays 40 minutes. At worst, he doesn't play the last game. So, um, McInnes would then easily catch Yo in it. So, no, I'd get on the McInnes. He's, he, he's a good lad. He is a good lad. South Sydney junior, so that's all you need to know. He did have a stint between the Dragons before he went to the Sharks. But, and another thing as well that though is rich, like it's about 100k you would save. And would you say at this time of the season, having 100k in the bank is almost worth having like an extra trade if you had compared to having nothing in the bank? Uh, not if you're me, because you've got no trades left. Yeah, if you're still looking to make that last trade or a couple of trades left, money in the bank is really handy because when you get a player like Hands out and you don't want to have to straight swap him because it's in that niggly area, that 100k or something, then you're all good. Very nice. Adam Sargent on the question of pod captains. He's thinking, should he go the C on Latrell or should he be sensible and chuck it on Cleary? Now, Jake, I mean, I'm of the opinion that you should captain Cleary if you own him, but if let's just say we're going for it this week, is Latrell probably one of the better pod captain options to run this week, given the fact he is a high ceiling player? Yeah, like, I don't mind him as an option. Like, he's playing the Sharks who have been terrible in defence as of late, but if you have Cleary already, like, Cleary's base, like, his floor scores around the 50 to 60 mark. 
Um, he may get a. He's got what 130 this year, but the rest of them have been pretty pretty damn high. Where Latrell Mitchell's, he can have a good game and score 60 or 70. So. I'd definitely like clear. He's got the higher ceiling and lower floor. I just don't think I, I don't think there's any upside in going Latrell. I think sticking safe on Clear is just going to get your best result either way. Fair enough. And Rich, would there be anyone else like of a pod option, like say maybe a Kalen Ponger against the Dolphins that would potentially tempt you if you want to risk it? Yeah, I think we discussed it last week, and it's the same principle. If you believe that the worst score they can score is fifty but they have a high ceiling, then it's a green light for me. So uh, SJ is an option. Uh, yeah, I I can't stomach Latrell. And it, he's going to come up a lot this week. And uh, actually, I just answered a message from Sam Kane in the DM saying he wanted to get Latrell. And I said, well, he's going to get 74, 70, 30, and a 50-odd. Adds up to around the 225 mark. And at 225 points over four rounds, like you could get someone like a uh, penis and I that who averages 45 and he gets 225 and it's no stress. But yeah, if you're captaining him, I'm promising you, you're not in the top 5,000. Maybe Jake's captain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't own him. Yeah, oh. Maybe may, may Jake's just encouraging people to chuck it on him so that he can get past him. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, like if you got Cleary, you've, you've, you've got to go there. And the one I'm really concerned about, and he's not necessarily a pod, but he's a player that I own until round 21, and that's Payne Haas. I've been very lucky anti-potting him. So he had the no game in round uh, 20, and then he's had 250 since. And it's worked out well because people who have kept him haven't got much return on him. But I think he's due a massive score. So that would be who I'd go if you own him and you didn't want to go Cleary. But just sticking on Cleary, he's, I don't want to say he's a safe 60, but if the ball's in play a lot like it was when they played Parramatta in round four this year, he'll probably score 65 to 80, which I'll take that as a captain every single day of the week. Now, if we jump into the questions, uh, again, we'll go to the late mail. There's been an interesting switch here for the Roosters. So... Drew Hutchinson has come into the team, one of TK's favourites, and that sees Sandon Smith go to the bench. So just a heads up for anyone that's looking to loop Sandon Smith, make sure you've got a surefire way to loop him out if he only gets, say, 20 or 30 off the bench as a bench hooker. Looking at the Seagulls, they are 1-17. to 17. So Matt Lodge is... Where is he? He's starting against his uh, former side, or one of his former sides, which I think is about a third of the league these days. But yeah, just uh, Sandon Smith out for... Well, sorry, I say out, out of the starting team. He's onto the bench for Drew Hutchinson. To I wonder if that makes Drew Hutchinson a, a, a cash out there. He's dropped down to 285k, dual position hooker half. I guess not much job security, but it could make him yeah. somewhat an option, eh? Anyone it could, but then the, only thing, the, the only thing with that is is he's supposedly quite versatile. Like, he's played in the mm. centres this season. He's played, you know, played hooker, played like sort of like a... Uh, I want to say a false 13, like I'm talking like I'm talking about a soccer position, but he sort of played here, there, everywhere, so he could be back on the bench next week. But yeah, it's an interesting yeah. one because he's dual yeah. position, and we know that hooker position is a bit broken, but again, you probably want a lot of trades in order to do that. So yeah, again, just a warning there for anyone who's still got Sam Smith, he is not starting this week. All right, former all-wise captain, Ryan Nelson. So we'll go to view this one. Rich, uh, he's only got three trades left. Jack DeBellin to do McInnes is what he wants to do. And then he's also tossing up whether he moves on hands to Appy or Matt Lodge or just hold the trade for now. Uh, yeah, no, I don't like Appy or Lodge. So if, he, if he's happy, go to Cheese. Go to the Cheese. Otherwise, hold your trade and just uh, yeah, wait a week. But I don't like Appy and I don't like Lodge. Um, yeah. yeah, fair enough. And, and and so with that, let's just say Ryan has only two hookers in his team, Harry Grant in hands. Do you think it's a matter of just holding your trades and then buying a hooker if Harry Grant misses a game? Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, you want to go early so that you've got cover, but you've got a player that's going to score 50 anyway. So there's only... But hooker's been really... Um, streaky this year so i don't think there is an option um not not at a decent price anyway and that's why cheese might be your best option because he's got those bigger minutes and with no um 
cover on the bench although yeah and that's interesting so drew hutchinson's playing so that means cheese has got to play 80. Santa Smith's on the bench though and he played oh, a little Santa bit Smith of hooker bench, so he might come uh, in the, the twos bench. earlier this year and then I think he made his debut off the bench as well at Central Coast Stadium like playing some nine for, for Turpin I believe against the Doggies back when Turpin was a fantasy asset those were the days only like three rounds ago <laughs> yeah I, I think as well with with Appy I mean I don't think he's going to get 80 and you know, at least with Cheese he's He's a ceiling player. Like, he can put on a big score. And I think that's something that you probably want if you're going for an iffy asset, is the capacity that they have a massive score. And have to have a look at the Roosters' draw. But if they have early games, he's a great 18th man because you've got a player on a bye or a red dot. If he bangs out a 70 on the on the Thursday or Friday night, you loop him in and you're laughing. Because I did that a couple of times last year uh, when he wasn't suspended from calling the ref a cheat. <laughs> Speaking of people that love to chat about refs, Chris Cook, Cookie, good to see your question here, mate. He goes, will TK go through with his cheese take and get him? That's what he wants to know. Go the bunnies, fried shark for tea on Saturday. Yes, absolutely, Chris. Now, <laughs> I don't know because TK's not here. I'd say he's probably going to do it because he's down to two trades, I believe, and he's going to bring in Cleary and Cheese. So, I, yeah, you can, you can message him as much as you want, Cookie, but I don't think his plans are going to change too much from that. Bit of a head-to-head question here, so I might come to you for this one. Jake, as your designated head-to-head player, Oliver James, he goes, Hey, lads, I've got four trades and 40k in the bank. Head-to-head qualifying final this week. Do I go JDB to Tarpany, Matto, or McInnes? Do I cash out Sam Smith and get Yo instead? If I go the first option, I'm also considering Joseph Manu to Dan Gagai. What do you think? So, again, this is the qualifying final this week, Jake, so the Parramatta buy issue doesn't affect him. Does that make Matto a little bit more tempting? Uh, I still think the best option here is still McGuinness. Like, as Rich said before, he's going to be playing probably 50, somewhere between 50 to 60 minutes. And if we see the Sharks get an injury again, they don't really have any utilities on the bench. So anytime there's an injury in the outside backs, Nikora is just going to shift straight there and Jack Williams is going to come to the second row. So one injury down and McGuinness gets more minutes. So I think McGuinness, just using the one trade and going McGuinness here, um, Manu to Gagai is an interesting one. So I, I just think up against the Seagulls, they're not the best defenders out wide either. So personally, I'd probably be holding Manu on this one. Uh, the Knights do have the Dolphins, so there's definitely some upside in Gagai as well. Um, but personally, I'd probably just be using the one trade here. Um, yeah, just running with that. Yeah, and another thing with Dan Gagai as well is he's played the last couple of rounds, but he still is carrying that foot issue. Like, that foot issue is not going to heal itself until the end of the season. So he could easily be laid out any given week. Mm. And for Oliver with his head-to-head comp, you know, if that happens in the prelim or the grand final, that could be absolutely curtains. Jordan Gibbons with our next question here, and he wants to know if Nat Butcher is a trade and the thoughts of bringing in Fafita for the head-to-head finals. Rich, what are your thoughts on Nat Butcher? If he can trade him to Fafia, what are you waiting for? Get on it. Um, it's an obvious upgrade. Yeah, Nat Butcher sort of filled a spot earlier, but I think they're in a little bit of uh, yeah turmoil is probably the best way to say, and they're sort of clutching trying to work out where their best squad is and who's their best players. I'd much prefer to have a player that is striving to make the finals. Unfortunately for Fafita, I think he's playing on Sean Johnson's side and Sean Johnson probably just own him. And uh, yeah. so I'd say that Fafita will have a quiet week this week and after that he'll go crazy. Yeah, or Warriors will be up by 40 points. He'll grab a consolation double in the 75th and 79th minute, score an 80. But the Warriors still get the win and lock in that top four spot. Yeah, 50 to gonna 10. Go. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, sorry, that's a bit hard. That's a bit, that's a bit generous to Titans saying on these 40 to 20. Uh, I'll stick with you for this one from uh, Tamati Samuels. And he goes, is Nikara and Val, I'm going to assume that's probably Val Holmes, to Cleary and Kotrick a good trade? Ooh. Yeah. Nikora's just come off a couple of really weak weeks. But it can't keep happening because there's going to be some fight back from the Sharks. They're too good a squad. They're going to be on a nice dry track. They're running at a weak defensive team this week that has conceded a lot of tries on the edges. 
and it could be the week that Nakora comes good, gets a double, and um, yeah, that they're, they're just a weak team they're playing this week, so it's as good as. Oh, sorry, is that your team, Robert? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think I think we're the last team to beat you though, twenty eight six, and we played pretty poor that day as well. I mean, there was probably a couple of fifty mm, fifty calls that probably went south's way, um, but that's probably the only decent game we've played since like round eleven. I think was was that one. We were terrible last week, and so I got the win. With this though, let's just say I've got this wrong, and it wasn't Val Holmes because as we know, he's done for uh, the regular season. If it was Tafare, would you still be making said trade? Because I imagine that's probably. A fair upgrade there, because what Val's about four hundred k at the moment. No, Val's seven hundred. Oh, Tafari. Well, it would be Val Ho- Valentine Holmes, wouldn't it? Why would? You- well, that's why. I, that's why I don't know. And like, if you can ask a question, future guys, can you make it like quite clear who it is that you <laughs> yeah, want us yeah. to? Because if it's if two players with the same name, like a Russell or something, just stick a D or an S in there. Because um, yeah, Val Val Tafari is four fifty k in contract yeah, yeah. base price. So in theory, if he had like twenty k in the bank. He could go Tavare to Kotrick, which would get him about 250, 270, whatever, and he'd have enough to get Nicker to Cleary. So, yeah, uh, sorry. If, it was, if, it's, yeah. if it's Val Tavare, then for sure you'd probably want to, you'd be happy with that trade because, um, yeah, he's he's going to be in for a rough week this week, isn't he? Because his defence is still weak. It is, and Dan Gago and Tyson Frizzell will be running at him, so that'll be very spicy indeed as a Frizzell owner. Anthony Morris with our next question. Hey guys, JDB to Cleary this week, but he'll need to trade down one of Hansel Lemuelu to someone. And he's got Burbo, Kotrick, or another cashy for the 220k played, have one trade left and 118k to use for that last trade. What are we what are our thoughts here, Jake? Uh, this is probably my burner account because this is exactly the same situation I'm in. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think I think Hans, given he's a red dot now, I, I think um, trading him out to Kotrick's a pretty safe move. Um, if you already own Lemuelu, it sort of gives you that cover for this week as well. You can play Lemuelu in your starting side, and if he's allowed out, you still got Kotrick there who's going to score uh, points for, from your emergency as well. So I like that combo there, and JDB to Cleary, another red dot. Heaps of money in, the, in on the bench there with JDB. So upgrade him to Cleary. You get your captaincy for the rest of the year, um, and you're good to go. 118k in the bank is great to have left as well for that last trade. So pretty much anyone in your side that gets injured on the runny home, you're going to have that 120k buffer to upgrade him. So doesn't matter if it's a 600k play or a 700k play, you're going to have like the best sort of scenario to get whoever you want um, when that injury does come. So yeah, pull the trigger there, Anthony. Lock it in, Anthony. There's one other option, and I just don't think you can go wrong with this one. And that's the, <laughs> it's the unit from uh, the Roosters, Seal uh, Wong, and he's starting this week. His PPM is over a point a minute. Now, let's say that you're going to play on this week and he scores 55. Happy days. All you need is another head knock, another injury from someone there, and they realise, hey, let's, we might as well play him. Our season's over. He plays out the rest of the season, and you haven't made, you know, you've made the right move, not the wrong move. <laughs> yeah, well, a few weeks ago, I remember Ryan from the Amateurs pointed out that Nafahu White was named to start on one edge, and Ben Wong was on the bench, and if Ben Wong, or Siwa Wong, sorry, uh, was also there, would have been White and Wong would have been the edge pairing for the Roosters. <laughs> But, yeah, no, I really rate Siwa Wong. He's a talent. And like you said, Rich, like, the, almost out of finals calculation. Like, be good to give and him you know, four or five games to see what he's made of. Like, worst case scenario is that he becomes a red dot for the rest of the season and he's your looper. Like, if you don't have um, Munro or you don't have these cheap ones and you've got no other red dots, I'd, I'd definitely take... The risk, and I'd loop him this week because I think he's in, he's good for fifty five tonight. Yeah, and the edge position, like kind of like the hooker position, is not super strong once you get a sort of a top three, four options anyway. So having someone like Wong deep on the bench is probably not too bad. Johnny Ward's got our next question, and we'll go around the grounds with this one. Sem- semi-finals week for him, and he needs to play one of these three players: Joseph Manu, Jesse Raymond, or Will Penasini. Which way are you going, Rich? Uh, I always. Yeah, I'm probably not the best person to pick these because I always go for the one that I have in my team, which is Manu. Um, <laughs> he, he's not going to 
pull out another pathetic performance like that because it was just turgent. Like, I just can't understand. You realise the more he touches the ball, the better your team goes. They just need to say, you roam around. I don't care if we have two fullbacks. Just get your hands on the ball. Uh, but if you want to play safe, uh, Penis and I has always gone good. He plays on the right-hand side, so he won't be matched up against Zach Lomax. And with the fact of playing the Dragons, Jake, would that lead you to Will Penasini as well? Yeah, I was leaning towards Penasini for sure with the drag up against the Dragons, and Eels are playing at home too, so they'll be on for a big game there. Um, is he look at, also looking? Is he looking to play one out of these two, uh, one out of these three, or two out of these three? Because if you had two of these guys in your emergencies, I reckon one could be a nice little trade if you if you had the trades left. Um, but yeah, out of the if I had to play one out of these three, it's def, definitely Penasini for me. And if it was two out of three, I'd probably be leaning Manu slightly over Ramian at the moment. Um, only just though. Yeah, I would be the same if I had to pick two. I unfortunately wouldn't be able to pick the guy with the same initials as me and Ramian. But yeah, Penasini's going great. And I just thought of this while you are talking there, Rich. In terms of the fact that Sandon Smith's been demoted to the bench, do you, I didn't see the Roosters game last week, but do you think there's potentially something in the fact that Manu got no ball last week and Hacho's been stuck in at seven to say, mate, your job is to get the ball to Manu and Tedesco as much as possible tonight? Yeah. Uh, there's got to be something in that because it was true. Like, that, that kid just kept on kicking it or... Um, looking for inside balls, it, it was frustrating. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think yeah, Manu's going to go good, good this week. Just a button as well, given that Drew Hutch, he's a left-foot kicker, right? Do yep. they potentially swap Luke Keery over? Is Luke Keery going to the right a better option for them? I don't know if that's the case, because I, I watched the Titans game that they had a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and that left combination between Egan Butcher and Tedesco sliding left with Luke Carey was outstanding. Like I think they broke the line probably five or six times in that first half down the left channel. Now, I don't necessarily know whether Holmole and DCE as a defensive unit is a bit better than what the Titans had on their right-hand side. But, yeah, potentially, or they might... You know, might not just play half the field each. They might sort yeah, of... Might swing either side. Foot. Just a bit, a bit awkward having a... Having both your right foot kicker on the left side of the field and your left foot kicker on the right side of the field, they might have to switch around in attack a little bit for the, around the fourth and fifth tackle. So potentially yeah, interesting to see what happens, eh? Yeah, but the thing with that is though, is that we generally don't talk too much if there's a right-footed kicker on the left-hand side of the field. Like you look at, I know that mm. I know Kieran Foran's not a massive kicker of the ball, but he still generally is always played on the left edge. But I think just because yeah. there's not as many left-footers, we all always sort of go, oh, that's a bit weird seeing a guy. On the right-hand side is naturally a left-footer mm. stationing out in the halves there. Yeah, see what happens. That we shall. We'll find it very soon, actually. Uh, Andrew Brighton's got our next question, and he is thinking of Talakai and Wilson, which I'm going to assume is Blake Wilson, to Dan Gagai and Burbo. It leaves him with two trades, a gun 17. It seems wrong to use two trades to get a centre, but he doesn't have enough to go Talakai to anyone better. Now, Jake, would there be anyone that you could move Talakai on for in one trade that might be worth it? As opposed to using two to get Gagai uh, in? What is Talakai worth at the moment? So, he's around that 527 mark. Yep. Um, and we have a quick look at the centres here. What do we have around that? There's not really much, is there? Like, no. going to Ramian's very sideways, so there's not really anyone that sticks out for me around that price range that I would look for. You're really wanting those high-end sort of centres that you're at the moment for the rest of the season, like your Garricks, Holmes, Gagai's, these sort of guys. So it's definitely a bit of a luxury trade. Um, he leaves him with two in the bank, so he still has enough for injuries left um, for the next couple of weeks at least. So... Personally, like I'd probably play it safe and and hold. But if you if you're desperate, if you're in a you know must win head to head semi final, I guess you could pull that trigger. Um, I'd definitely be going Kotrick over Burbo though, as you cash out same price. Kotrick's probably better job security for a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, if you absolute must win head to head final, um, yeah maybe you could use this luxury trade here. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll come back to you with a quick short ball here from Justin McDonald. He is looking to trade out Jack DeBellin, and he wants to go Trell or McInnes. Yeah, pretty easy one for me. I think I just like your forwards a bit, a little bit better than your outside backs. They're probably going to average somewhat similar. Trell probably in the mid-50s, McInnes mid-50s, high 60s, so fairly similar, but McInnes is just safer for me, lower floor. 
uh, uh, sorry, sorry, higher floor. There's just going to be a lot less headaches in your toss side as well. So probably McInnes for me. Fantastic. Now, before we get into the more questions, Adam Hughes has pointed out a good point. I don't know if anyone saw this on the NRL website this week. Apparently, Jerome Hughes and Xavier Coates are in severe doubt for this week. So just keep that in mind uh, for any trades. I don't think anyone would own either of those players probably outside of draft format, but potentially it may have some impacts if anyone was looking to go for Cam Munster this week. That might up, up his kicking metres, although I probably wouldn't base trading in Munster on a single matchup there. Mark Ryan with our next question for you here, Rich. He has got JDB and Will Penasini going out for Cam McInnes and Latrell. He has all the other usual suspects except for feeder. Is this going to give you a brain aneurysm seeing Penasini getting traded out of Latrell? Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm an anti-Latrell man, and <laughs> this does not excite me. Um, so, yeah, this, this is sickening. Just... Yeah. I, I just... Yeah, I'll be on here next week laughing when he scores 25 because, yeah, I just can't cop him. So, yeah. And And the problem is he can score 75 as well. So, um, yeah, I just think Parramatta has a lot to play for. They're back to full – their team's almost back to full squad. Um, Brown is on the same side as him, so he'll be looking – Oh, he's on the other side. Okay, so yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, it, he should Moses should get in the ball, and he should be getting back to his best scores. So yeah, I'd I'd hold steady there and save a trade. For sure, JDB. that right. Yeah, that right edge is really fun though. When you think about it, you got Mitch Moses, you got Bryce Cartwright, and you got Will Penasini. Like they, they just. Awesome to watch. Like I don't know any of those players and haven't known any of them this season, but they're just great to watch when they're in when they're in full flight. Yeah. And they're going to need to be, like you said. Like what the Knights are, you'd say the Knights are probably more than likely going to make the eight. Now I know they're not sitting in it right now, but if you look at their fixtures, besides playing South, I mean they've got the Sharks there as well. But you give them probably at least a coin flip in every game that they've got coming up. Like I think surely they put points on the Dolphins this week. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah that. But they're going good, and yeah, I'm a I'm a carty owner, but I arrived late to the party, so I uh, missed the initial two hundred thousand bump, and then he sort of had the second coming, and he's just great to watch, you know, like he's loves an offload, but he's not got the error in him that he used to, so yeah, really nice revival from Brycey. Oliver James, the next question. Now, he asks, is Joseph Tarpany's minutes, they seem to be on the upper last four weeks, bearing the HI in around 21. Now, with this, Rich, if you didn't own Tarpany and you needed a mid, would he be in your calculations with the fact the Raiders don't have any buyers, or is it just stay away from Ricky Stewart forwards? Yeah, no chance. I think uh, <laughs> Ricky showed his, his form last week when he absolutely did a number on Horsburgh. <laughs> which is a non-owner I was pretty excited about, to tell you the truth. And... <laughs> What was even funnier was all through the steam must have been coming out of his head and then Ricky must have oh, oh, put him back on and he just comes screaming out of the line for about four tackles and just had like four missed tackles in a row like where he was just going too fast at any movement and he was missing the tackle. So it was hilarious. But yes, they, if you've got him, you're holding him because it's probably not worth a trade and he should get 50s but yeah, I would not look at trading him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade him into your team, Rubble. I've got him in my team. He is one of my only two players I've had since yeah. round one. It's him and Tommy Talao that are going to stay till the end, I think. And we, yeah, as Oliver's pointed out there, his minutes have been on the up, and he was probably looking at 60-plus minutes against the Warriors until he... Whose elbow did he run into? I think it was Artel Mariota's just absolutely ate his elbow with his chin. And somehow past the HIA, which you know, I'm not a doctor, but that's a, that's surprised me. Yeah, probably a play if you got him, hold him. But probably not go out and buy him if you don't. He sort of had a very similar season last season. Like last season, he started really slow, and then over the Origin period, he sort of picked it up and averaged unreal. And then everyone sort of bought him for the run home, and he did really well up until the last couple of rounds. So I think it's almost mirroring last year. I think he's going to keep scoring well in big minutes, but. You just, you're just probably a bit too late now. Like, oh, fuck it. I, I sold him on Magic Round to Nico Hines when he scored the 30, and it ruined my whole weekend. Uh, 
although the, the live show was great. But, yeah, I wish I was in your boat, Robbo, and hold him for that long as well. Yeah, well, I was having a look. So he was priced at 54 at the start of the season. He's averaged 54.4, I believe. Yes, he missed an extra game uh, due to the birth of his first child. But he's done okay. Like, he started a bit slowly, and I've just held him the whole season. He hasn't been a problem. But going back to Horsburgh there, Rich, with the shoulder charge attempts that he missed, I think that's a great rationale for holding trades when you don't need to trade this week. And that's why I'm not trading this week, because I own Horsburgh. And I know that if he gets a little bit angry, which, you know, with... Johnny Bateman uh, on the other team, he could wind a couple of players up. If Horsburgh gets suspended for two or three weeks, I'm going to want to trade him out, and I'll be able to trade him out, and I'll be able to trade him out to pretty much whoever I want, really. And whereas people who own Horsburgh that have got like maybe one or two trades left, or they've just had their trades drained by the fact that Bellum's out this week, and they won't be able to trade him out, which I, I think is something that hopefully doesn't happen to Horsburgh, but to a commonly owned player, there's going to be an injury suspension in the next fortnight that's going to really reward those that have somehow managed to hold on to trades. Mm. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people looking to upgrade slash sideways trade at this end of the season. And what I'd say is look at what happened last week. We lost Jack DeBellin. Hans lost his job. So there's two players straight away. Now, over the next four rounds, what do you think is going to happen? You, if you think your players are all going to hold on, you're kidding yourself. So come last round, if you've got no trades... However, if you've held all your trade, like not all your trades, but you've got one trade left, and you can say, right, I'm trading out Hopgood in the last round, and um, it then means I can bring in whoever I want. There's 60 points that perhaps no one else has got. That 60 points, you know, for for Jake, that's probably 500 ranks. For me, it might be 30 ranks. For you, it might be 40 ranks. You know, like, depending where you are, 60 points is massive. But upgrading someone like, um, I'm seeing, I don't know, no, I won't, I won't call them out, but I saw, can I go Dylan Edwards to Trail Mitt? Ridiculous. You're going to burn a trade with no guarantee of getting more points, but all you're doing is lowering your trade count. Just think about end of season, if I could then use that trade to make sure I've got 17 in my team in the last week, because I'll, I'll make this prediction, 30% of teams in the last round will not have full teams. I 100% agree. And that's, again, I'm playing the long play with trading at Matt and Hopgood last week, but that was a reason. The fact that I was going down to three trades, I went, right, hands can only be my only Parramatta player, and Cleary can be my only Penrith player, because... You're right, I'm going to use those three trades in the next four weeks, and they're going to be on guys that I didn't expect to be at. Like Tohu might get a season ender and I've got to trade him out, or I don't know, one of my halves will get a hamstring injury, or worst case, Harry Grant hurts his elbow or gets appendicitis. Oh, he can't get appendicitis again, he's already had his appendicitis out. But you know, something like that happens when a player's out for one or two weeks, and you have to trade them. You've got, like me, you've got three trades left. You just go, all right, cool, replace them and work it out as you go. But yeah, they're sort of like minor cosmetic upgrades. Yeah, they, they could be a bit painful come come the end. Although, I can't really talk. I had, I think it was four weeks in a row, I used a trade on the same edge spot. I moved Jackson Ford onto Jaden Sewer, who scored all right, then got an injury two weeks later. I then traded him for Corey Harrower and Naira, who then scored really well, but had that seizure, and hopefully he's you know well on the mend in terms of his recovery. So then round 14, I traded in Kartoa, uh, Eliasa Kartoa, because he was underpriced. He hurt his eye, and then I traded him to Homoli. He's actually done okay for me. I think he's averaged about 50 since I bought him. So come on, Homoli, stay stay, uh, stay strong. Gary Brown with our next question. Thanks for this one here, Gary. Now I'll come to you for this one, Jake. Hey, lads, what do you think about JDB, Preston, and Hans to McInnes, Fafida, and Ryan Madison? He'll have five trades left, and I believe Gary is an overall player. This is just another one of my, my burner accounts or something. <laughs> JDB, <laughs> JDB, Preston, and Hands with five trades left. Exactly the same. So, uh, so a good question. Um, so I'm definitely going McInnes this week. Already got Fafita, so he wasn't on my radar. But I think McKinnis, I think Fafita is a great trade as well. I'm going Cleary. So if you, but, but I'm ga- guessing Gary already already has Cleary if he's looking at these guys. So definitely McInnes and Fafita for me, and. And he somehow got the money in the bank as well to get Madison as well. So don't mind it. Um, you're going to have two trades left. Um, and if you already have Hopgood and you have Maddo as well, there's um, there's two yeah two people in the buy as well. So I, 
just have a look at your cover as well. See if there's if you you, you might want to go to someone who doesn't have a buy left. You got something he, like Robo? When he's got Gary's got trades, yeah, he he can pull that trigger. That's fine. He's got eight trades. He does three this week. He's sweet. You can ah uh, five can left play. after trades. Yeah. He can play. Oh yeah, money yeah. Wants, that's that's so. absolute luxury. You absolutely go for that then if it's five trades left after that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love them. I love the Meadow trade. And as someone who traded him out last week, I would have loved to have known that the next week he'd be named to start on the edge. But with five trades, go for it. Um yeah, Meadow can be really good on the edge. Quick one here for you, Rich. I think this one might be a simple answer. Is Jareem Buller good enough to be in your final seventeen? No. Beautiful. <laughs> Come to you for this next one from Ricky. <laughs> Tugaki. Rich, you want to hit up Aikman's in Maryvale. Won't be many places in the city centre on the Wars. Great outdoor vibes for a dart and a few coldies. And that is yeah. a quote from Ricky, not from me. <laughs> the only problem there is I actually know Aikman's and I'm pretty sure there was a New Zealand cricketer it's trying to come to me, Jesse Ryder. He got <laughs> uh, yeah, fractured skull at that place, mm. I think. So, yeah. Uh, plus, it also means I'd have to get an Uber there, and yeah, we're in town, so it won't be happening. But no, good suggestion. It's it may be an option if we don't find anywhere, but we're going to have to find somewhere. So otherwise, yeah, we'll get three guys huddled around my phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stuff of dreams. Ashley Boone for the comment here. How good is Isabel Cap? Kelly is captain in the bunny mixer. So looking at that game in the NRLW, the Roosters got the win on the first game of this round. 30 to nil against the Dragons. Isabel Kelly top scored with 63. Jesse Fressard, 61. Center. Okay. But she's a like in terms of like playing your mixer in the centers, you pretty much would usually go her surge. I think Surge has got a hamstring issue at the moment, but he's pretty much she's pretty yeah. much an auto pick in the centers because that's one of the positions where the NRLW players can average as well, if not better, than the NRLM players. Oh, okay, I went for that uh, girl Horny. I just thought that was good. Uh, and then, so what? What? Oh, I Kelly. She's already no. The problem is she's locked out. I just I tried to do my team. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing as well. Yeah, that's the thing with the NRL Mixer as well for, for all the punters out there is your team resets every single week because you can pick mm. any players you want. There's no trade restrictions or salary cap restrictions. You actually need to go in and pick your team. Of course, like if you don't pick it before the first game, those players are unavailable, so you can't pick up Isabel Kelly. But, of course, uh, you can grab a Samima Taufa, who scored a try last week and got an absolutely monster score. So get her in your mids, I reckon, uh, from the Raiders. She's a great pick. Rightio, Chris Farley. <laughs> I think he's dogging you here, Rich. He goes, I know Jay Warrior is a massive troll mitt fan. Maybe Robbo can sell me on JW to troll mitt or someone else. Look, I love troll mitt. Uh, he's a very deadly player. And that offload he did last week where he chucked a pass at 20 metres is one of the most incredible things I've seen on a footy field the past year. But I would struggle to recommend any Bunnies player to be traded in besides Ken Murray because that round 26 by, regardless of whether you're playing head-to-head or overall, that is going to be a real stinger. As Rich mentioned before, we're going to run out of trades probably before round 27. We may even do it before round 26. And if you've already got Ken Murray and you know, maybe a Kolomatangi or a Cook or even a Tyron Munro, that's two red dots. You're making a third. I don't think I can. I don't think I can recommend that, especially when Ruben Garrick has no buys left and should average fifty rest of the season. You already own Scott Drinkwater. Dylan Edwards is incredibly cheap. Tedesco's even cheaper than that. Yeah, I just I'd struggle to sell sell you on, on that one there. But Rich, anything you want to add to that? I see Burrell's just a massive troll. He um, <laughs> he's also he's in the uh, big running race tomorrow that we've got the one k race. And C. Burrell's known for having the smallest and the weakest calves, the weakest heart, and he is just, yeah, he's, and he's probably got a weak guts as well. So he's pathetic, and uh, I look forward to just smoking him tomorrow. So, yeah, bring it, C. Burrell's. <laughs> a pretty quick one here, I think, uh, from Kieran Patolo. JMK or Egan? Now, with this one, Jake, is it just a matter of going Egan? I know he's been smacked in the face a few times this year with HOAs, but surely you can't pick up JMK with that shoulder concern. Yeah, personally, I think JMK will probably like probably get the better average wise, but I, I yeah, shoulder injuries aren't good. Um, it's going to be niggling for a while, and if Dolphins are out of the finals race, he may rest it coming in the season. So I probably I don't like getting Egan. Um, I don't have the Warriors bias like Rich, but so I'm, I'm a bit more. Uh, 
if you're picking him up. But I like I, I think if you have say if you have five trades um, left, you can probably take the punt on JMK. But if if you're if he's under like five or four, I'd probably just go Egan. No more buys and less likely to get injured. So you know it's only going to be maybe a two or three point difference maybe if if JMK scores better than him. Yeah, and with that though, like there's only five rounds left. Like all Wade Egan needs is one or two good scores, and he averages fifty for the rest of the season. And he's more than capable of doing that because he he loves the work rate, uh, loves a try assist, and I imagine with the Warriors on the front foot in a few of these games, uh, he'll probably have a couple of dives at the line. So yeah, I don't I don't mind that. Stephen Best with our third last question for tonight: How do you think Brandon Smith will go, Rich, for the rest of the season? What probably somewhere in that forty to forty-five with maybe one big score. In the yeah. final five rounds, I wouldn't be surprised if he averages fifty going home. Um, yeah, uh, I I just think that if you are a little bit tight on cash, he's definitely an option. And as Vigo Venn says, one more time, you just got to take the chance <laughs> and uh, do it. So yeah. If you don't know who Vigo then is, it's from Britain's Got Talent. So yeah, yeah. I was just going to say you're putting the daft and daft punk there, but uh, <laughs> Matt Pittman's got our penultimate penultimate question uh, for this week's live Q and A. He's got three trades left. He's a centre wing or fullback this week, and he's going to use JDB to get them. As all he has four mids, so basically price doesn't really matter here. He's already got Manu, got Drink Water, got Chris, got Ponga. Is Latrell his best option? He's head-to-head final. He's in round 25, which I think is a very tangible point here, Jay, because that means Latrell is an option. Do you think he would go him if, say, none of your head-to-head rivals had him and have no chance of picking him up? Drinky Ponga. I, I might throw a spanner in the works here. Well, I'm actually really liking Greg Marzu at the moment. Um, I picked him up the week before he missed the bus, so that wasn't the that wasn't great, but... <laughs> Apart from apart from that, he's been absolutely unreal. Um, scoring a bunch of tries, a heap of tackle breaks. He's sort of just rounded his game off a little bit this year. Like he's not as bad defensively. Um, Pong is giving him good ball, and he's just sort of you know, solid. Uh, solid. Uh, don't know the word. Solidifying his spot on the wing there. So solidifying. Uh, solidifying. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> So no, I'd be going. I'd be going Marzu. He's still a pod as well. So I think he's only owned by three percent of coaches. So I'm really liking Marzu, and I'd be going him. Yeah, I, I love Marzu. I remember answering a question from last Tuesday's uh, podcast, and someone wanted some pod options for the top 500k, and I think he was like 2.2 percent owned or something like that in the in the top 500. So you stretch that even further, he's probably less owned, and he's. Lots of fun to own. Lots of fun to watch. And like still Brian second Tyler. on the average. Still second on the average for winger fullbacks at the moment, isn't he? Yep, still still second, just behind the trail. And no buys left. Beautiful. Maybe go that way, Matt. Mm. And our final question of the night is from Anton McManus. He goes, hey, lads, I've got DC, SJ, Nico. He can only get clear if he trades Nico. We would leave him with only one trade, though. Do it or save the trade. Rich, what are we doing here? Pick or stick? <sighs> bit like this. You've gone to the bar and you've got your missus with you or potential missus, first date maybe, and she's a 9.5 and you're thinking, man, she's, she's hot. You look over and you see this bird and she's a 10. Well, what are you going to do? You've already got a pretty locked in 9.5. You don't risk it for the 10 because that trade at the end could be needed. So... I know it's tempting, but you just can't do it. You've just, with one trade, you, you've just got to hope that it doesn't pay off. And yeah, don't. How does this? How does the song go? Don't go chasing waterfalls <laughs> because Cleary doesn't score back-to-back tons. I said last week Cleary's going to get a ton before the season's out. He's he's done it. I don't believe you'll get another one. So, yeah, it could be Nico's time to turn up this week. So just Captain Nico, and when he gets it, you'll just smirk to yourself and say, well, I'm pleased I didn't do it. Yeah, I think he's got his tongue. But as I was saying before we jumped on the live, uh, the two times I've traded in Cleary this week, he's tunned up the week I've traded him in. So I think he's he's done with tons. He might get a couple of 80s and 90s coming back on the stretch, but no. Uh, unless I have to trade him out and then back in, he's not getting another ton. So 
probably just tickle that one then in time, but that wraps us up for the round 23 live Q&A. Thank you everyone who's asked some questions in there. I'll try and jump in there afterwards and maybe get to a few of those that we missed. But uh, we'll step off for now. Now, Jake, any words of wisdom before we leave the coaches leading into round 23? Uh, I think we've already touched on a lot, but yeah, obviously hold your trades. Just try to hold off as many as you possibly can. One or two, three trades for the run home. Uh, from here on, green dots who are averaging 50, keep them in your side. Um, those trades will be more useful in the next few weeks, so be patient. Fantastic. And Rich, have you got a musical number to take us out off with for round 23? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always ironic the person with the worst voice does the most singing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I haven't got any, but yeah, just if you're trying to chase ranks, just look for players that perhaps didn't get a mention tonight. You know, you could go, well, maybe Dylan Brown. I noticed none of us wanted to touch him tonight. So that could be an option. You could be thinking, well, what about Jerome Hughes? You know, there's he might be injured this week, but there's other players that you can just think slightly differently to take the risk. But if you're one of the serious contenders inside the top uh, thousand, then you, you want to play a little bit conservative and just... Um, Save those trades. There you go, guys. Depending on your rank, outside the square, or sometimes you just need a colour within the lines. But that'll do us for the live Q&A for round 23 here at Talking League. I've been Jason. I've been your host. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode.